Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. The things you stream. Mm-mm-mm. And boy, have you been a streaming things. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are new to the show, we kind of break apart things we've been streaming. We're talking Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Fuck you, Paramount. HBO Max. Never Paramount Plus. Remember, everybody, cancel, cancel those AMC. subscriptions. <laughs> Specifically AMC. Oh, my God, Steve. Thank you for reminding me. Those <laughs> bastards. They got me. Did they get you? I think so. Oh, I no. Think it was yesterday. Let me see if I've been charged. This we, is terrible. Let, for, for, for some behind the scenes, we're going to lift the curtain, listener. Usually we record on Friday nights, but because of just life, we ended up having to record Saturday. So we're recording on Saturday. So I wasn't there to remind Chris to cancel that subscription. Description, baby. This is such bullshit. But you, listener, you're still getting the, the episode Monday, so if you took out a subscription, you know, cancel it. Cancel it. <laughs> AMC on Apple TV. Let me click it. We're going to get like a cease and desist from like AMC and Paramount Plus. Like, you motherfuckers and your dozens of listeners are robbing us blind. <laughs> if you confirm and end your subscription now, you can still access it until April 8th. They fucking got they me. Got you, ah, they got you. Well, it was worth it. Assholes making cash. That's what AMC stands for. Don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> Honestly, okay, so I paid $9 to watch an entire season of Gangs of London, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, I feel like that was worth it because I've often paid like $30 to buy an entire season of something that I didn't have the service to watch. Mm-hmm. Like happen- like The Magicians, I was obsessed with that show. And so every I didn't want to wait until the season came out on Netflix because it takes like a year or whatever. But I didn't. I don't have cable either, so I would pay like twenty eight ninety nine to have the seasons uh, each episode available to watch on Amazon. Right. So anyway, it's money well spent. So I saved about twenty dollars from what I would normally do. I like to watch shit. I love to stream shit, and that's Thanks, why we're AMC. here. All three of us do. We know that you out there do as well. We want to share that with the world, create a conversation. That's what this show is uh, for. Returning listeners, hello again. We love you. And for those new, we love you too. Come on in. And for those that have left. Never to return. Et tu? (laughs) (laughs) Et tu, listener? You have betrayed us. We've got an action-packed show uh, in store for you this evening. We're going to be discussing director's cuts. Mm -hmm. A little bit of the philosophy uh, around the director's cut, our opinions of uh, some of the more famous director's cuts, our favorites, so on and so forth. Because next week is the final release of the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut. You know, I've been down on the Snyder Cut, but I'm trying to go into it with an open mind. You know, like anytime anybody's brought up the Snyder Cut, I inevitably have been cynical and been like, there's no way it's going to be good. And part of me still feels that way, but also I kind of just want to enjoy a fucking Batman movie. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. I'm rooting for the film itself. I love those characters. Mm -hmm. And uh, nothing against Zack Snyder. I've liked most of his work. Seems like a decent guy as far as I know. Yeah. And so I want it to be a success. But it's hard to root for it because of some of the the fandom. Right there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've delved into the comment section on release the Snyder Cut posts or even worse, like anybody that disparages any of the DC films. But it is rough. Mm. Like racist, misogynistic sometimes threatens uh, threats of violence uh, over the most inane things. Oh, so the internet. Yes, <laughs> you're correct. You're correct, Steve. So basically any comment section on anything, yeah. it's a lot like that. It's terrible. 
Um, but we'll get into that next week. So next week we're going to have a huge episode. It's going to be uh, release the Falcon, the winter soldier and the Snyder cut is the title of the episode. Yes. We're very proud of that. So we're going to be talking about the Falcon and the winter soldier, which also drops the same day as the Snyder cut. So the internet will be broken. Yeah. Shattered. It's going to be a busy, it's a busy, busy week next week for nerds. Yes. And I, uh, I'm off that day. So I'm going to watch nice. all five hours of that cut, most of which is the Snyder cut. Jesus and then we're going to record this episode. It's going to be a hoot. So, okay. So are you, so you're going to watch the Snyder cut all in one go? Yeah. Andy? Yeah, I'm intending to. I'm going to be wildly hungover because it's oh the God. day after St. Patty's. So I, I saw it's going to be curled up on my couch watching it. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter. I, w- I wish I remembered who it was. I think it was one of the kind of funny people maybe, but they put out a Twitter poll that was like, how will you be watching the Snyder Cut? And the options were like all at once, you know, in hour long segments. I'm not watching it. The what? And somebody responded like, where's the fifth option? Drunk. <laughs> That's how I will be I didn't watching know that that was St. Patty's Day. Yeah, it's the 17th. Because it, it has no bearing on my life, so I don't keep track of that holiday. Right. That's why there was all the, the clovers and the greens at the at the Kroger's and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah oh, my goodness. Good. For those in other parts of the world, Kroger is a very popular grocery store chain in these parts. Yeah. My, uh, my, uh, my dinosaur has her St. Patrick's Day outfit. Listeners, Steve has a giant Tyrannosaurus uh, <laughs> Rex statue on his front porch. Yes. Yeah, context is yeah. not necessary there. My you know, most people have like a... dinosaur has on her St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Outfit. You know, most people have like a concrete goose or something. Or like a gnome. The, or a gnome. I have a like three and a half foot tall Tyrannosaurus Rex on my porch. It's made of pure concrete. She's heavy as fuck. Her name is Rexy and I dress her up for... Uh, occasions and she's got her uh saint patty's day outfit on she's ready to go that's funny i have a foot tall buddha statue is buddha dressed up for saint patty's day (laughs) (laughs) no but i wish i wish buddha was he's got like a beer in one hand buddha's going to be now for sure Uh, put put little easter bunny ears on his head yes (laughs) (laughs) what's up easter buddha that's gonna be fun so yeah next week's gonna be amazing what is that march 19th right the no St. Patty's Day is the seventeenth. No, so no, no, not the Patty's Day. Eighteenth. Yeah, eighteenth is when those things release. Okay, and then so the following will be like the twenty first when this episode that we're talking about drops. Something like that. Yep. Something like that. Who knows math these days? We're movie watchers, not yeah. mathematicians. That's not what you come here for. Uh, so be excited for that. So that's what tonight's episode is. Uh, are you folks ready to delve into Crossing Streams? Let's do, it. Let's do this. So Crossing Streams is the segment where we talk about. Things we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Andy, start us off. Where have you been doing? Um, yeah, I said, where have you been doing? doesn't where matter. You, where have you been Just doing? Just answer the question. Uh, so, a couple of things. I, I finished Wrinkle in Time. I have not watched the movie yet, so you know, hang tight on that. The book was very good. I enjoyed it very much. A little heavy on Christian ideology. I didn't know that going in. Uh, but otherwise, pretty enjoyable. Since then, I've, I finished that. I just started reading Mystic River. Uh, y'all got me in the mood to read books for movies that I love. Oh, I didn't know that was a book. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Dennis Lehane. He's a really good author. Mm-hmm. Dude, he has written a bunch of stuff that's been adapted. Like, he wrote that. He wrote Gone Baby Gone. He wrote uh, Live By Night. Uh, he, he, uh, quite a few of his things have been adapted. It's pretty sweet. So Mr. Graver was a good movie. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so far, it's a really good book. I'm like, I don't know, 50 pages in or something. Um, so other than that, I've been watching a few things. I've finished Community. Um, I... 
absolutely love that show and I recommend it to everybody. Chris, I especially think that you'll enjoy it. I think I, I'm the last person on earth now that you've seen it. That's never one seen of it. us. One <laughs> of us. Uh, so highly recommend that. Other than that, I watched uh, Coming to America. The uh, Two? Two. Numeric yeah. Two? Not Coming Numeric One two. America. Right. <laughs> um, that is definitely a movie. It is... It's a movie. Like it's not particularly good. I, I feel like the only that movie is made for people that are diehard fans of the first one. There's tons and tons of in jokes, and the people I was watching it with, I guess, had recently watched the first one, so they're laughing at all these things. I haven't seen the original Coming to America in like 15 years or something. So mm-hmm. I was just it was all over my head. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, right, mm-hmm. looked like they were having a lot of fun. Um, but in as far as just like, you know, sit down, watch a standalone movie, I didn't particularly enjoy myself, but I felt like I had to watch it. Um, Steve did a slight work thing, right? Are we allowed to talk about I, that? I, I made that movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve worked on the, uh, advertising portion of it. Yeah. They, they were rapping. I don't know how. I'm pretty sure I can talk about it now, but they were t- they they just wrapped a plane like an Amazon plane with advertising for that, and they wanted to make an ad that you can see on their Instagram page. Yeah, where I was at a place for a week of my life, and they use five shots. So I'm <laughs> I, I saw that ad. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so if you're a fan of the original, you'll you'll have a good time with it. Uh, if you're not, then don't waste your time. Uh, the only other thing that I watched was there was just another uh, South Park special. It was just released the other day. It's South Park with a Q this time. It's the vaccination special. And dude, it is hysterical. <laughs> I it, didn't, uh, that, that dropped with, with no fanfare. I didn't know about it. Um, I, dude, I didn't either. Yeah, I uh, heard of that. A, a friend of mine just mentioned like, yo, yeah, did you watch the, uh, the new South Park thing? I was like, there's a new South Park thing. Uh, so I watched it that night immediately. It, the, dude, the Q is in reference to QAnon, I would imagine. Exactly. Uh, Where it did is, they put the Q? Uh, for the K. Uh, instead of the K. South oh, Park. okay. Okay. Um, so the, the whole premise is that the kids are trying to get vaccines for their teachers. Their teachers are fed up. They, they don't want to be teaching anymore. There's a certain ex-president, uh, Mr. Garrison, who was their, their stand-in for Donald Trump. He right. became president in the show. So he comes back to town, like trying to pretend everything's normal and like trying to get back to his old life and stuff. And everybody fucking hates him now. And, uh, and he's just clueless as to why everybody he's like, oh, it's because I'm a gay man just shopping. It's like you ruined our lives <laughs> and like he's taking it like just completely wrong way. So <laughs> the teachers are don't want to teach anymore because they they're fed up that they can't get vaccines. So Mr. Garrison gets rehired to be their t- teacher. And so the kids are determined to get vaccines for their teacher for the teachers. So Mr. Garrison won't be their uh, <laughs> their teacher anymore. And then there's uh there becomes this whole this whole subplot where like QAnon starts infiltrating like tutoring kids at home instead, and then there's like a kids subsection of QAnon called the little cuties that are like anti-vaxxers, <laughs> and so it's kind of like this battle between the kids, the like main kids and the little cuties trying to prevent the teachers from getting vaccines and stuff. Dude, it's really really funny. It felt like kind of a throwback to South Park of old, like all of the side characters that have kind of taken over the limelight of South Park don't really have as big a part. Like Randy's barely in this or the special, whereas normally nowadays Randy is like kind of the main character of South Park. Yeah. Um, It's really good. It's kind of like there's sort of like this 
sadness, like melancholy feeling underneath of it, where like kind of the theme throughout the whole thing is like things are never really ever going to go back to normal completely. And so like there's this mild hopelessness to it where like the the um, relationships and stuff that have been affected by what we've all experienced for the last over a year now, um, like those things are never going to go away. And like South Park kind of acknowledges that. And so it's almost like they're kind of working through their own stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it was heartfelt. It was hysterical. I super recommend it. Yeah, I'll probably watch that with Carissa maybe tonight. Is that, that on the max? That is on the max. HBO max. There you go. To the max. To the max. Steve, what have you been doing? Oh, I've just been streaming a couple things this week. I finally got to watch more than one thing. Um, first off, I took Chris's advice and I I uh, streamed in and of itself on Hulu. Like a month later. Oh, nice. Like a month later. Hey, I did it. I got there. <laughs> I'm the tortoise and you're the hare. And I finally, well, actually the tortoise wins in that story. Anyway. <laughs> That's fair. I, I got there. You were right. It was really, really good. I, I loved it. It um it, it it hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting it, and I also hadn't I because you had, you were very adamant about not telling anything about it. So when I queued it up, I'm like, is this the right thing? Is this? Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And so like, but I watched it and I I loved it. So you're right. So listener, go watch that. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow in Chris's footsteps and not give you any sort of clue of what it is. If you haven't seen it, just go take that dive, that leap of faith, trusting in Chris. We trust, right? In Chris we trust. In Chris mm. we trust. That's the new slogan of the show. Hashtag in Chris we trust. In Tyler Let's we get trust. Tra- Let's, Let's get, get it trending. trending. <laughs> no one else is named Chris. Everybody will know that it's our show. Uh, the second thing, there, there are three things. The second thing that I streamed is a documentary series on Netflix called Murder Among the Mormons. I saw <laughs> that. <laughs> did not oh click God. it. <laughs> I, I watched it. Uh, my boss mentioned he was talking about it and he said something that sounds so crazy i'm like what is the show i need to watch it because look so like everything i know about mormons and mormonism i learned from south park from the book of mormon yeah the musical well not not from the musical <laughs> but from remember uh south park did an episode like about joseph smith and there was like dum 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 that that song <laughs> and um there's a so the the the, the documentary is essentially about how it goes into um, how the the Church of Mormon was like very very into finding documents that proved uh, the religion. So they were like really into like paying people to go find letters that Joseph Smith wrote to other people or people related to him or the like, you know, important people of the church's founding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go find the golden plates. There are there are certain letters that came out that could have painted the church in a bad light, and so then people started getting bombed. That had to deal with this this uh, this this letter finding archaeology type uh, investigation and and By so bomb do you mean like like, like car bombs and stuff? One was a car bomb. The one was like a mail. Two of them were mail bombs. Oh my god! Um, and so it's this really interesting documentary that kind of dives into like the church. Is it bad? Is it good? What should they do? But then it goes into like the seedy underground of um, historical note finding that you're like that. There's an underground to that. <laughs> what in the what? And there's a couple really interesting uh, interview characters. There's one guy in particular that he looks like if the penguin was a real life person, like if without the penguin nose, like this guy who's in a three piece suit. But he's like, I want to tell you about the greatest man that ever lived. I'm gonna interview and I'm gonna. 
oh, don't get any like pulls out a little handkerchief, starts dabbing his forehead. Like, I can't, I can't get into it right now. Don't ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody asked you about that, sir. But just don't. Um, so, it, but it, it goes places that you don't expect. Um, it talks about this thing called the salamander letter, which I didn't, you know, some people might know what that is because apparently it's a big, important thing in that world, but I didn't know anything about it, but essentially I've never heard of the salamander. Letter. The salamander letter is supposedly a letter from a salamander. I can't remember if it's Joseph Smith or his brother. It's one of those two. It's from the angel Moroni. <laughs> well, it, it says that the angel Moroni was actually a white salamander that told him to go find the books. Oh shit. <laughs> so then that brings into the thing like, Oh, is the Mormonism paganism because they're talking to animals and shit like that. And like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> it, it, it goes in weird places, but that was the thing that I heard that I'm like, because I hadn't heard about the white salamander letter either. So I'm like, what? There's a salamander that told him where the, the pages were? I need to find this out. I don't want to get into that right now. Don't don't ask me about it. I don't want to talk about a lick of some white salamanders. <laughs> Maybe fire belly salamanders, but that's it. Um, so uh, Murder Among the Mormons, that's on Netflix. Go download it. Or stream it. You can't can't download it. Don't do it. You could. You can download, you can download it, it to watch it offline. Oh, that's like true. Like on a that's flight. True. That's true. Don't lie to them, Steve. Sorry. The last thing. Don't be such a Mormon. The last thing that I streamed, uh, I streamed with a pretty penny uh, on Disney+. Plus. It's a movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, Wait, that you have to pay to watch that? $30. $30. Jesus. What did you, oh, what, just a philosophical question real quick. Yes. What do you guys think? What did you think about paying the thirty dollars? How did that make you feel? I wasn't too stoked about it personally. You don't think that's fair? I mean, I already pay them ten dollars a month. <laughs> right. Here's how I feel, and, and, and I want to be a little less harsh because I love Steve so much, you know, and it just paints it in a new light. But I don't, I don't truck with folks that don't like it. <laughs> Typically, here's why we don't, don't truck. Kindly. I'll take kindly of your types around here, Steve. Um, here's what I'm thinking. If I were to go to the theater, I would most likely bring. Oh, I understand my wife, why they do it. Yeah, right. I'm going to spend a good fifty bucks, right? Because I'm going to get IMAX, maybe even 3D. It's going to give me a headache. So there's Tylenol later. I'm going to get super overpriced water bottle. That's like seven bucks, and it's only Dasani, so it tastes like shit. But I'm going to drink it. I'm going to like it. I'm going to get a big old thing of stale popcorn, so I can get the refills, even though half of the one I bought is too much. Right. I can't get rid of the hick accent now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get some raisinets, mixing in with my popcorn because that's what I like to do. Andy's going to buy snow caps. I'm going to say, I don't want to eat snow caps, Andy. And I'm going to eat some anyway. I'll take some non perels though. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I feel like I'm like, I get it. It's fair. Like, oh, yeah. It sucks that it's Disney and they don't need the money anyway. But like, I'm like, Let me put it this way, I would feel much better paying $30 for a movie if it was a movie I was very excited like to see. Like an indie film or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have paid $30 for Hamilton. There has not been yeah. one of those that has happened yet where I was like, yeah, I'm going to spend that money. Like I probably, I would happily pay that money for Black Widow when it comes out eventually. Oh, is that going to be one of those two? Yeah, I, I guess assume. I'll pay that money too. You have to assume. There's no plans for that. Well, let's said. just do a viewing party. We can actually get our money's worth if all three of us cancel the subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it to the man and watch their content. Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I've been wanting to talk to you guys about that. Anyway. No, no, I think that's a completely fair. And like um, my wife, she came home from uh, her trip and wanted to watch that with with me. So we queued that up, watched it, and it's a perfectly fine movie. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are saying it's like really, really good. It's like one of the best children's movies they've seen in a while. And I'm like, this is fine. Um, the the thing that bummed me most about it is there's this ever present danger in the world. 
um, like I guess like I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but in the world there's like potential spoilers for for Raya and the Last Dragon. I don't think it's a spoiler because I think it's in the trailer. But like the reason they need to find the Last Dragon is because there's these creatures in the world, the droon, the droon, yeah. And if they like, I don't know, like fall on you, you become a statue person. They kind of pass through you like Vision does. Yeah, um, th- those things are so dumb. Like not dumb in like a. There's there's no characterization to them. They're just these purple things that roll around, and you're like, just walk away from it. <laughs> they're pretty fast, Steve. But they're not. Like people are easily running away from them. And then there's like a period of like, it's just, there's like a seven years later time, and they're like, yep, the druid are still around, but so is the people, so is the society. And it's like, why the fuck are these? Like, who cares? Just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that impression. So I, I spoilers for my crossing streams. I also paid the $30 on the Disney plus. Um, and it does, it stars, you know, Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina, and, and Gemma Chan. So we're all great. Wonderful cast. The voice acting is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the tone was weird of the movie because it's very serious. Yeah. But also like some of the goofiest shit I've seen Disney do in a while. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know if you know if you would agree, but I, I 100% like, especially agree. when when Aquafina shows up, it, like it's she's great, but it's so goofy and yeah. so atonal. Uh, I was like, what the hell? There's there's like a lot of there's a larger cast of minor characters in it too that I feel are underutilized because like I know why they're For there. Sure. I know why they're there. They serve a very important function. That's the overall message of the story. But th- I feel like they don't give enough time to be with each individual of these, each of these individuals. There's a point where I'm like, I don't really know who that is. I don't really care about them. They're like all in danger at one point. I'm like, I don't like re- th- it wasn't hitting me. Like, right. Like, Emotional core was gone. most animated movies. Like, for instance, in like Inside Out, you're, you're with uh, Bing Bong for like, you know, not that long. But when the scene with Bing Bong happens, Bing I'm Bong, like, not that long. When the thing with Bing Bong happens, I was like wrecked emotionally. Like, ah! But with these characters, I'm just like, okay, what, uh, what's going to happen? Weird. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I thought, so I thought the animation was beautiful. Yes. Um, and some of the fight scenes uh, were incredible and a little more ambitious than they've ever done. And there's like some sword play and stuff in it that I was very impressed by. And the actual sword itself was very impressive to me. And I've, I've thought about oh, her it a lot like, since. Her like scorpion whip yeah. Uh, sword. Yeah, yeah that was, that was cool. awesome. Uh, and the overall message like soul about, kind of sword is that what we're talking about so it's serpentine uh shaped which i always prefer in a good blade but also she can do something to turn it into a whip okay so she it's can, straight up she like can swing by it or pull things to her like a get over here kind of way but it's also solidifies into a, in a in, into a solid sword um very impressive sword that's all i'm saying yeah um and the overall message of the film i really appreciated with the current zeitgeist in which we find ourselves about you know it's all about uh unity and uh you know railing against infighting and and focusing on real issues and things like that to to overcome yeah so it's all about tribalism and and this and that so i appreciated that but again it's fine i also rated it like three stars or whatever and Glad I watched it. We'll never watch it again. Mm-hmm. I find the the Crudes and the Crudes 2 to be a better animated watch, personally. That's, oh, I'm really? just going to drop that hot piece. I fucking I fuck with the Crudes heavy. So, Chris, uh, did you watch, rent that to watch with your kid, or did you just want to watch it? I did not. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I watched it with, with my wife, um, and my wife watched it with my son the following day. So she saw it twice. But no, didn't watch it with my son. It was for me. 
Interesting. He, he, it's trickle down effect. He got to watch it later because sure, it was sure. still on there. But yeah, that was not the reason. <laughs> Wait, so it's a rental? Mason prefers World War II. Yeah. It's yeah. not like a. So you get it for a month, but by the end of the month, it's available for free on Disney Plus. So you basically have it until Disney Plus goes out of business. So you're paying for early access. Correct. It's premier. Gotcha. It's called yeah. premier access. Is the way it's gotcha. how Disney markets it. So um, a pretty decent. Because what that's that's better than some of what I've done, which I'll I frequently on Apple TV will pay nineteen ninety nine to rent whatever would normally be in theaters, but a la pandemic mm-hmm. for forty eight hours, and so I've done that at least six or seven times since uh, coronavirus started, where I just pay twenty bucks to have a forty eight hour rental of a film, and I've again maybe it's just me, um, you know, rationalizing it, but I think if I went to the theater. You know, Andy and I are going to go most likely. I'm going to spend at least 20 bucks and I'm never going to think about it again. Even if I hate the movie, that'll never piss me off that I paid that money. Right. Why would I balk at doing it here? So that's how I do rationalize it. Because we used to go multiple times a week. Right. So it's like, no, I could, I totally understand, especially for Disney, because a lot of the stuff that they're going to be offering or things you can watch with a family, they're actually intending it. I think because they have that $30 price. Like if I was a, if I was a father and I had multiple kids Thirty dollars is like a godsend, you know. Sure, that's like the perfect. That's like, yeah, let's download that. Yeah, keep the kids uh, occupied for an afternoon. But like, I mean, I'm just me. I just have three dogs. They don't appreciate this shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> Pippin, not even watching. Fucking Pippin sleeping the whole time and farting. So I mean, that's that's <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon uh, available on Disney Plus. If you have the thirty bucks to spare uh, or willing to part with it, rather, Steve. Anything else you've been streaming? That's been it busy, for right? me. All right. I streamed a few things. Uh, in addition to Ryan and the Last Dragon, um, I did finish Gangs of London and just now canceled my AMC Plus subscription. So the, the warning. Get it done. Stick war- it to those. Don't be like me. Remember that shit. Assholes uh, making cash. But again, I find it more than worth the, the $9 I ultimately spent. Um, for those that weren't uh, listening last week, it is created by Gareth Evans, you know, the guy who brought you The Raid and The Raid 2, uh, two of the best action films of all time. I fucking love Gangs of London. It stars uh, Joe Cole from Peaky Blinders. It's got Michelle Fairley from um, Game of Thrones. Uh, it's so good. Uh, Sophie Derisu is like the main character of the film. I don't know what else he's in or the show. I don't know what else he's in, uh, but he kind of plays this undercover. His name is Soapy. Yes. Um, <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal performance. The The finale really shit the bed for me in a way that enraged me. And it, it was made all the worse by the fact that I didn't have anyone to talk to about it because neither Andy nor Steve has watched the show. Uh, no one's really talking about it a whole heck of a lot online that I can see. I don't know if I'm late or early to the gangs of London game. Um, so I think it's because it's in a weird subscription. It's thing. really hard to kind of watch. Yeah. yeah. So listeners, please for me, pay the nine bucks. If you forget or get it for free and do it right. Watch the show. Let me know your thoughts. I can't really talk about it because I'm really spoiler averse myself and I would never do that to someone else. But there's some like really infuriating choices in the finale like that change the entire moral undertones and thematic elements of the show. That It just boggles my mind that that's where they went with it. But it's so worth it no matter what. I mean, the the action set pieces are like brutal and visceral and, phen- and not in a campy way. Like... Oh, he's chopping his head off. It's so it's so neat. Look at all the blood spurt towards desensitizing. <laughs> it's it reminds me of uh, the, like Jeremy Saunier's work, mm. where it's like brutal in such a realistic way that it's like deeply uncomfortable. Like when you're watching Green Room or something like that. Yeah. 
like, oh my God, it looks like very painful. This is making me uncomfortable. Like Car- uh, Carissa, my wife, she, she doesn't like gory stuff. It like affects her in a way that she doesn't enjoy. She's not a prude or anything. It's just, she'll think about it later while she's sleeping. It really bothers her. So whenever I was watching Gangs of London, she'd be like eating her little brownie cup things that she makes in the microwave and being all happy. And what's hubby watching? I'm going to go to my room. You know, like it's just, it's highly upsetting when she looked at the TV. So if that kind of thing uh, attracts you as it does me, definitely go check it out. And some really great performances as well. Uh, I also read a, a book called A Moral Man. Uh, that's by Derek Delgadio. That's the guy that brought the, the, the thing that I made Steve watch on Hulu, which is in and mm-hmm. of itself. So same guy, Derek Delgadio. Um, and it's more about what that thing is about is all I can say. Uh, it's, it's a memoir. I really enjoyed this book. I read it in a day. Phenomenal work from this guy. I can't wait to see what he does next. That's available. The book just came out like March 6th or something like that. So you can order it on Amazon or local bookstores, whatever, what, what have you. Um, I also watched a movie called Boss Level. Have Boss you guys Level. heard of this? I just heard of that. That's with Mel Gibson, so. right? Yes. And then uh, the guy who played Crossbones in uh, MCU. Frank Grillo. Yeah. So it's uh, directed by Joe Carnahan, who brought you The Gray and Smoke and Aces. Okay. Um, and it the stars. Did Smoke and Aces did The Gray? Yeah. Weird. Joe Carnahan. So it, Very different. It stars, <laughs> it stars Frank Grillo, uh, Mel Gibson, Naomi Watts, uh, Michelle Yeoh, and Ken Jeong. So. Crazy cool cast. It, it, it's available for free on Hulu. You want to fuck on me? It's available for free <laughs> on Hulu. Uh, and it's 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 the new genre, right? The time loop genre. So it's like uh, Groundhog's Day. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, that kind of movie. It was funny. The the When I found out about it, I was on Hulu and I, I watched the trailer for uh, Palm Springs. Hell yeah. Because I know you guys are talking about that. And I watched Such a good movie. I was like, oh, cool. And then like. I was like, oh, I don't have time to watch an actual movie. So I like backed out of it and I saw that. I'm like, what's this? And I started playing the same thing. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's a time loop movie. Yeah. Okay. You're like, am I in a time loop? You're like, what's what is going here? on? So boss level is closer to edge of tomorrow than Palm Springs or Groundhog's Day okay. for its action elements, but also nothing like edge of tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's very funny as well. Okay. Super fun movie. It's got a lot of, it try, Steve, you're going to love it because it tries very hard to be this, a, a video game. Like their whole shtick is. Essentially, this is a video game where you can't beat the level, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to keep trying and you'll consistently get further and further along, but then die again, start over and have to. So it's, it's like that for him. Like he wakes up, someone's trying to murder him. He has no idea, like multiple people, many gangsters, has no idea why. And he makes it past some of them and always dies at a certain point. And now he's so jaded. He's been stuck in this loop for so long. He's just like. All right, here comes the fucking guy with a rocket launcher. And you know what I mean? Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> I it's really the, fun. I like the trailer. There's that part where he wakes up and he's so used to it. He's like getting dressed in the middle of the yeah, fight like, and he looks so bored with like it. Drinking like, coffee, dodging the bullets and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so Frank Grillo is like 56 years old and looks amazing. Is he that old? Holy cow. He's born in like 1960. I'm not good at math, listeners. 1965-ish. It's insane. Wow. And he is shredded. Damn. Good his, for him. Like his middle name is Daddy. That's how good he looks. I looked it up. It's a real thing. Is it pronounced Daddy or is it pronounced Daddy? <laughs> I think it is. You are correct, <laughs> sir. Fucking Dade. Yeah. <laughs> that day. Uh, so check that out. That's Boss Level. It's available for free on Hulu. And again, that stars Dang, Daddy, Mel Gibson. Into those time loop movies. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're fun. They're fun. That um, sounds awesome. I am 
You want to watch that tonight? So it's it's a it's a really short film too. It's like ninety minutes. They don't do that anymore. It's a good brisk watch. Super fun, engaging. You know, it's not earth shattering. You know, Nolan shit or anything, but definitely worth a watch. Very awesome. Let me know what you think. How do you um, feel about watching Mel Gibson and things? I don't mind at all. Okay. Um, there's so not that this is not the topic of the episode and it's a really deep, I think it's an interesting convo. We should maybe put a flag in for sure. later, like separating the art from the I'm, artist. I, I wouldn't, I would be lying if I was like, Oh, maybe I'll watch this, but I don't like Mel Gibson. <laughs> if you said that, that would be lying. You mean, or I would be lying if I didn't think that. Oh, you really do think that. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm there yet to like watch Mel Gibson shit. So it's been a long time since I've seen like, or heard the audio clip. I don't even remember what it was. It was just an audio clip. Right. Yeah, or are you talking uh, about his general persona? He was going ham uh, about Jewish people in a restaurant, right? I know it's about a, the, the Jewish people. Um, yeah. Was he also drunk, right? I think so. I probably. Not that that excuses that. I'm not leading, I'm not going there with it at all. So a lot of people are assholes, and that doesn't mean we can't. We talked about this a little bit with fandoms and, and J.K. Yeah. Rowling, yeah. and you know that's yeah. you kind of got my vibe of how I feel about that from that. But also coming from the background that I come from, if you isolated any of the things that I did or said from 2007 to 2011, you would never talk to me again, right? Sure. Like, especially like Steve, you're, sure. you're a great guy. You definitely would not want to be my friend had you met me in that period. Uh, that is not me. And yet it was because the world judges you by your actions and not your intentions. Uh, and I'm not saying that excuses Mel Gibson, but... I grew up on Lethal Weapon. Braveheart was my favorite movie, which is weird from like age eight to age 13. Um, I had like the double VHS tapes of it. You know, pop in part two now. Um, It's one with the titties. I I, I can't. He's also a phenomenal director. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apocalypto. um, Even Hacksaw Ridge was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Apocalypto rules. Um, He does good work. I like. I mean, it's like you said, it's not the main event. And, um, I just I just had that thought and you know I do believe in uh people have should have the chance to redeem themselves sure. and, and become better people and uh when you if you make a horrible mistake I do think you should have the consequences of making a mistake but you should also have the chance to overcome that as well. Right. So and I, and I just wanted to know like what you're Yeah, it's a super valid question and uh, maybe it's irresponsible of me to not really put much thought into it. I'm like I fucking like Mel Gibson movies though and like it's it's not okay. Yeah. But at the same time that's the truth of it. If it helps you feel any better, he's he's not it's not a huge part. Okay. In the film. I'm so <laughs> it's not like it's not as much as you would think his name would grant him. And in fact, maybe that is the consequences that you're referring to. You know, <laughs> was, sorry, this is a completely bonkers aside, but uh, they have the 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 icon or the poster of the movie before the trailer starts playing. You know, when you yeah. select it in the app, and he's he's on it. And I don't know if it was because I was far enough away from the TV. I swear, I thought he was Sam Neill with a beard. And so I was like, "Oh fuck, Sam Neill's in a movie? Yeah, Hell you love yeah, Sam Neill, yeah. Hell yeah!" And then I'm like. Oh, there's no oh, Mel Gibson's in this weird. When's Sam Neill popping up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 definitely worth the watch for sure. Um, that shit happens all the time. Do you guys ever? It made me think of this other movie that came out as an indie film last year, Guns Akimbo with Daniel Radcliffe. Did you watch, watch that? that yeah, I haven't seen I, it, but yeah, you guys have got to fucking see that movie. It is batshit awesome. crazy. It's yeah. about Harry Potter getting guns bolted to his hands, <laughs> running from assassins. 
He's doing such awesome, weird indie things. Dude. Yeah. Like Swiss Army Man is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. And he's Amazing a farting movie. corpse in that movie. The Daniels. It's fucking awesome. But the director of Guns Akimbo, I don't recall his name, but he shit the bed on Twitter shortly after the, the movie's release at oh, no. um, film oh, festival. It was like as soon as it was getting all this What'd good buzz. I don't even remember. It was, as I recall, don't quote me on this because I don't remember, something really douchey. Um, but (laughs) that'll do it. I think what happened. So at the time there was, I do kind of remember there was, it's very sad. There was a a film critic that, uh, tried to kill herself because of of an opinion she had about movies or something like that. Um, and it was basically internet bullied into a suicide attempt. And Mm -hmm. so the director of guns akimbo basically doxed, another film critic critic for sicking people on this other one. And she hadn't done that. That was wrong. And so everybody piled on him rightfully. So like you're trying to defend this person from bullying by like calling on people to bully this other person who didn't even do what you accused her of doing kind of thing. It was something like that. And so he kind of slinked away immediately out of the limelight. He had just entered. Um, But I only brought that up to say, I watched that movie a week later and didn't think about any of that. I was just like, this is fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like sure. Daniel Radcliffe doesn't deserve, he didn't get on Twitter and make and show his butthole. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. right. Just, that's another that on, thing, Steve, he did like that on stage, like you said, should you watch <laughs> this movie that has Mel Gibson in it? And I guess another part of that to me is, you know, you know better than I do because you're in the film industry. 372 I don't know if I would go that far. <laughs> 372 people made that film mm-hmm. and you're going to take one anti-semitic asshole uh yeah. and say no oh, fuck that whole movie like that's you know I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a very fair it, it, you have to take it on a case by case basis kind for of sure, think, like, for sure for sure. Kevin Spacey, I he has been in some of my favorite movies and I have not gone back to them because I don't want to I want to remember liking them, you know. I don't want to watch American Beauty which is one of my, one of my favorite movies. I don't want to I don't want it to be bad now, so I don't watch it. Well, there, this, but I'm not going to like never watch a movie produced by the Weinstein Company again because like they produced the '90s, like pretty yeah, much right. fucking everything. And you know what I mean? This conversation has been going on for decades. Um, you know, with Roman Polanski and Woody Allen, and you know, it's mm-hmm. which those have largely just been ignored, and that's why everybody's pissed now. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's tough. It's very tough. But uh, anyway. Definitely watch uh, Boss Level. <laughs> Available on Hulu. Uh, I think that's all the, the streams we have to cross today. It's time for our next segment. Check the gate. Check the Gate is our weekly segment wherein we go over some of the biggest stories in movie and TV news on the market. The latest and the greatest. And you heard it here first. It's not true. I just stole it from other news outlets. And I want to talk to you. <laughs> well, you're hearing us talk about it here yeah. first. I read it on Twitter and hoped you didn't and want to talk about it on my podcast. Hashtag Chris was right. Yeah. I thought it was something else. Hashtag. And Chris we trust. Yes, Chris there we, we go. Damn it, Sorry. Steve. You started two hashtags. Damn now they're going to dilute the waters and it's not going to get trending. Shit. I can't lose the Southern accent I have adopted early on. And I apologize. That's the first bit of news. Um, so I guess the most relevant, because we're going to be talking about the Snyder Cut. 
<laughs> next week. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the Snyder Cut. You're going to be talking about that Snyder Cut. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be who name. Uh, the Snyder Cut was accidentally released uh, a few days ago, as you guys probably have heard, uh, under the guise of the movie Tom and Jerry, which is hilarious. And now I'm not a tech-savvy person. I'm more of a pen and paper guy. And if something technical needs done, I call Steve or Andy. How the fuck did this happen? <laughs> uh, when they were clicking and dragging the Tom and Jerry file into the, <laughs> into the folder for streaming, they accidentally clicked and dragged on, the, on Zack Snyder, do not drag. <laughs> do not drag. Do not drag. Oh, no, I did the thing. <laughs> so this is what I, so for listeners that were under a rock, that's what happened. So for a brief moment, I think it was just a matter of a few minutes, anyone on HBO Max at that time that was trying to watch Tom and Jerry it would still say Tom and Jerry, like if you paused it, but what actually would be playing is the the Snyder Cut version of Justice League that's going to debut on March 18th. So did anyone get to finish it or did they? No, the it was only a few and, minutes. Like oh, it would okay. shut off. I think somebody maybe got like an hour in is the reports, but that's unconfirmed. Oh, wow. um, but they 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 sent out, you know, Warner Brothers sent out cease and desist letters to anybody who like screen grabbed it or anything. And those are all down as far as I understand. Um and who knows? Can you imagine the legal team for Warner Brothers? Oh, they would have lost their shit. Like, oh, damn it. We got to print off, off all these cease and desist. Son of a bitch. So what's funnier to me is somewhere out there, there is a small child that really wanted to watch Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I, what's surprising to me is there's someone out there that wanted to watch Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe it's good. I don't know. I've uh, heard it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably. I didn't, I didn't watch it. So, Hey, did um, you like the Smur- Smurfs? Of course you didn't. You're a person. <laughs> well then you you hate tom and jerry because it's the same fucking thing <laughs> no smurfing way uh so anyway there's that bit of news um have you guys heard about this film moving on to the next bit uh house of gucci no, no. Oh, oh 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 is this with uh adam driver yes 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 oh, i did with yes, lady gaga yes yeah, okay so this movie is going to be directed by ridley scott and it's about by the way here's something i, I was doing research about this check the gate news <laughs> Did you know, so Gucci of Gucci fame, right? Sure. Like yeah. the clothing line or whatever it is. Did you know that the guy, the, the Gucci man himself, not Gucci man, but. <laughs> <laughs> the Gucci man. His, let's, the only, Gucci let's only refer to him as the Gucci man from here on out, His please. His name was Guccio Gucci. Did you know that? <laughs> that is a made up name. I swear no to God. Way. I, at least Gucci. my six seconds of research is yielded he, that his name was Guccio it's Gucci. It's me, a Guccio Gucci. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's like, Our <laughs> listeners in Italy are like, what the fuck's wrong with that name? <laughs> that's, like, that's like a name that fucking Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards would tell people was his Italian. <laughs> name Gorlami. <laughs> oh, is that the terrible name? Is that the terrible name of Steve? You know, because Steve's a weird name to them. I spit on you. <laughs> we don't hate people from Italy, and that's a terrible rendition of your accent and your way of life. And we apologize. I'm just impersonating Mario. I don't know. I don't know what this is. No, that's what I was doing too. You're right. Uh, but anyway, it's a me, a Gucci, a Gucci, <laughs> directed by Ridley <laughs> Scott, and it's about Gucci o Gucci's grandson. Uh, and the the plot to murder him hatched by his wife. So Gucci it's, Gucci it's third. Star, it's, yes, it stars Jared Leto, Al Pacino, Adam Driver, Lady Gaga, and Jeremy Irons. That's a hell that's of a, a dope cast. cast. It's going to be amazing. How do you guys feel about Lady Gaga's acting ability? I feel like every time you drop the cast list on us, Chris, they've all included Jeremy Irons. To which I always respond, "That's a dope cast." He's. I mean, anything that ends or begins or is sandwiched around Jeremy Irons is an amazing sandwich. Yes. Yes. He could be either slice of bread or the meat and it's going to be yummy. Yep. All three. 
<laughs> I mean, they call that Wonder Bread. But to answer your question, though, Lady Gaga was amazing in the trailer for A Star is Born because that's the only acting I've ever seen her do. But uh, I, I'm, I have no problem with her acting. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again ad nauseum. You're a I'm monster. goo goo for Gaga. And so she's wonderful in American Horror Story, uh, even though that show's quality has declined. Not, not scenes where she's in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about that? Yeah, she's great. I also actually saw the entirety of A Star is Born, which I guess you did not. I did not. It's a very, very good movie and very heartfelt. And uh, so I'm really excited for this. And and her with Adam Driver, are you kidding me? Come on now. Yeah. I will watch anything that man meet that's makes. What, that's what I'm saying. And Jeremy Irons? Ridley Scott? Rid- you know, Ridley Scott's like 83 Dude, years old. I look forward to the nine director's cuts that that movie's eventually going to get. And with it being a Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> Release the gucci cut. The gucci gucci cut. <laughs> So, uh, okay. On to the next bit of news. So also in production for Netflix uh, is a show. It's going through a lot of iterations called The Talisman, which is based on a Stephen King property. Have you guys heard of The Talisman? Mm, No. So The the Talisman sounds amazing. It's fantasy horror. Uh, So Steven, this is just interesting. Steven Spielberg is going to be producing it. Oh, okay. I did hear about this. Along with the Duffer Brothers. Right. Right. Uh, so they're producing with Stevie Spielberg. Yeah. Creators of. So it's Amblin Entertainment and whatever company the Duffer Brothers are from. So Steven Spielberg bought the rights for the Talisman in 1982. Two years before the book was fucking released. Wow. That's how much he liked it. Uh, or what a savvy businessman he is, whatever. Uh, and then Curtis Gwynn is going to be the showrunner on this show, The Talisman. And so he worked on Stranger Things, Narcos, The Leftovers, some of The Walking Dead. Uh, so this should be some good shit, and I'm very stoked for it. Oh, yeah. Just wanted to have that. So is, is it based a, on a book called The Talisman? It is based on a book called The Talisman. Is there is, a synopsis for The Talisman? There is. I, being so spoiler-averse, didn't, didn't do that. Fair. I just know that it's fantasy horror. Is it have something to do with a trinket, maybe a piece of jewelry? Some might call it a talisman. I think so. Um, One which is usually worn around the neck. That's an educated guess, but I can neither confirm nor deny. And since it's being a Stephen King novel, does the talisman grant you the powers of cocaine and you just go on a crazy 1980s cocaine bender? Speaking uh, of cocaine, that brings me to my next bit of very important movie news. There is a movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. Have you heard about this? Yes. Went a little viral. Steve, you missed that? You missed the cocaine bear? I missed missed the cocaine bear. So this is why I wanted to talk about this. So it's going to be directed by Elizabeth Banks, and it's written by a man named Jimmy Warden. That's the real news. Now, on to what I really want to talk about. This is a true story, and it is Kentucky-based. So this actually happened in Kentucky. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is why I want to talk about it. Um, Very excited for this film. So what happened, as far as I can recall from my buddy telling me about this, is in the 80s, I believe, this guy who was from Louisville or something, like a wealthy businessman, was shipping in pounds and pounds and pounds of Coke from wherever you get Coke, right? Wherever. Yeah. (laughs) From Coke land, uh, somewhere east and southeast, whatever. Uh, And there was a police plane. (laughs) This is a really childish version of what happened, right? Police plane. (laughs) maybe The Coke came from (laughs) cocaine land to the police (laughs) Right. So he goes to Candyland, gets all the coke, and uh, then Batman shows up behind him, basically, right? And he's like, oh, shit. So he decides to jump out of the plane with 70 pounds of cocaine and a bag of money and a parachute, obviously. He didn't just go, wee. Oh, good. <laughs> wee. 
The uh, Coke will protect me. The parachute fails him, maybe because of all the cocaine weight, something like that. He falls to his death, right? Oh, shit. A bear discovers the body, eats all 70 pounds of cocaine, and for a brief period becomes the world's apex predator. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're making a movie called Cocaine Bear. Now, I don't know what kind of movie this is going to be, if they're going to like seriously tell this story in a documentary kind of way, if they're going to have fun with it and just really <laughs> write a film about a cocaine bear terrorizing the woods briefly. Dude, you need to get in contact with Elizabeth Banks because I no fucking joke. <laughs> for a brief moment, it became the world's apex predator. <laughs> it's the greatest tagline for this movie. It's definitely going to be the, on the box on the on the VHS because it's going to go back to VHS. That's how good this movie is. Um, very excited for this. Can't wait. And it, it, there's an even funnier story. I don't know. Um, I follow this guy on Twitter. I said this guy. Um, he's, he's the guy who wrote underwater and, um, uh, a lot of the movie love and monsters, a lot of the movies I love last year, uh, Brian Duffield, uh, I think that's his name and his buddy, Jimmy Warden is the writer of this movie. And he showed a screenshot of his text thread oh, from I saw that. years ago where he's like, dude, I'm going to write a movie about this cocaine bear and I'm going to call it cocaine bear. And then <laughs> he's like, dude, fucking do it. And then anyway, he did it. And now here it is. So it was like a, one of those, how it started, how it's going tweets. Oh, and so honestly, that was really cool. inspiring to me because yeah. I've sent Andy thousands of those messages and none of them have come to fruition yet. <laughs> I just went to sleep afterward, but hey, yeah. man, you get this guy did it. Bear. You go get your cocaine bear. Uh, maybe cocaine is the secret. Cocaine? 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 That's, have, did you guys ever watch uh, Oh Hello? Uh-uh. No. That's a, uh, so Oh Hello is a stage play put on by John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. And they basically just play like really old New Yorkers and like Nick. Oh, Kroll's, I remember that. Yeah. Nick yeah. Kroll's characters was like, I really like the cocaine. And he's just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't Sounds know. That's amazing. why it doesn't remind me of. It's a great show. It's on Netflix if you want to stream it. Okay. Cross those streams. Oh, hello. That's about all of the movie news that I have for you this one, week. The one thing we missed was uh, Avatar and Endgame. That's true. I did write that in Black Sharpie <laughs> because it recently happened and then ignored it because <laughs> I don't. I don't read notes that are out of the line, right? I, I don't I, read I totally margin notes. It. I totally understand. It. But that's right. So Avatar in 2021 has overtaken Endgame as the highest grossing movie of all time. So now Bonkers. Zoe Saldana is once again a star of the highest grossing movie of all time. Wow. For a third time in a row? That's a joke because she's also in Endgame. Oh, it's, nice. It's hilarious. And they're also both owned by Disney, so who really gives a fuck? <laughs> right. Evil wins no matter what. But it is a fascinating saga. If evil's going to win, I would like the lesser evil win. and That, that would, would be, be Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Because Avatar is trash. <laughs> Avatar I mean, is not a good movie. I like Avatar. I, don't, I, wanted, I didn't say anything earlier because... Steve was going hammer time before we turned the mics on. And I was just being quiet because I wanted his reaction so, when I looked him in the eye and I say that I like that movie. Hey, I will never say you suck for liking a thing, but I will say to your wrong. face. <laughs> I don't think it's like artistically amazing. Uh, I just I do enjoy watching it. It's a fun, meaningless movie that does not deserve to be the highest grossing film of all time. You say that now, but back then. Technologically speaking, it was impressive. Yes. It was very ambitious. And a lot of the way big budget movies are shot now are due to. You can say all of those exact same things about Citizen Kane. 
But that movie also well, doesn't mean, deserve to be the so worst movie of all time. The Devil's Advocate. Uh, part of the reason, I think part of my ire towards that movie in particular is because I worked at the theater when that movie was out. Oh, no. And I hated it um, because I remember they forced us to only play it in 3D. That was like the only way you could watch it was like in 3D, which, you know, to be fair to them, that's how it's supposed to be watched, right? Sure. Why would you watch that movie not in 3D? But you know, back then, like 3D tickets were like $20 a person compared to like the $10 of normal movie. I forgot about that. Cost like 3D was super fucking expensive back then, even more than it is now. And so it was like, hey, we, hey, we're the number one grossing movie of all time. I was like, yeah, but you, you cheated. You sold like half the tickets of anybody else. And uh, I and I don't know. I always thought like it was just such a like a okay movie. Um, Sam Worthington is one of the most boring lead actors. He's terrible. Lead actors. He's terrible for sure. Um, and like it was just a strange thing like i'm okay with weird stuff but i i, I don't know that movie was so there was a lot of weird stuff going on I like movie. geo giovanni ribsy in it yeah ribisi's great he's amazing and everything that, he uh, does the the oh, i forget his name the colonel that's that ends up being like the the main antagonist super good bad guy super good bad good guy. scar on face man i don't recall yeah. his name either he was in uh that horror movie the the I think blind it's guy a horror movie horror <laughs> horror don't breathe don't breathe yeah yeah yes he did wonderfully in that movie. Um, yeah, I just Fede Alvarez. Whoop, 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 whoop. Shout out to Fede. Sorry, <laughs> I just love that man. I just his I'm origin just story is phenomenal. Not a big fan of that movie at all. And then when they were like, "Oh, we're making four more," and I'm like, "Here's what's valid that? about criticism about that movie, other than everything you just said, which is also valid." There's no so I, I, I say it all the time. I'm a big fan of the Slash Filmcast, and I want to steal their thunder. They've got much better, much more funny conversations about this. But it's a it's a thing. Like Avatar has come up on their podcast for years because one of the main hosts feels very strongly that that movie is dog shit, and his proof of that is their lack of cultural relevance. And yeah, so, yeah. like he loves the term cultural relevance, and like kind of made he made fetch happen for me. Like I think of cultural relevance all the time now, <laughs> but. You can't remember any of those characters' names from Avatar. Nobody quotes it, you know, It's except for maybe I see you. Um, that's the thing, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's from Avatar. But uh, so that kind of goes against my point. But something like that. For being the highest quoted or the highest grossing movie of all time, it's ridiculous because it hasn't really affected culture in any way. Right. Where, and that bothers him. Like, you know, the Terminator's like, I'll be back. Like, there's this all the hasta la vista, baby. Like, we all do that shit because it changed our, our lives. It, sure. It's mm-hmm. part of who we are now. Avatar, not at all. And so he's like, this is bullshit. Even it's a very valid end point. Endgame, the one it just usurped, has so much cultural touchstones to it. On your left. On your left. I love you 3000. Yeah. Um, no. All, all kinds of stuff. I saw a review of WandaVision that said, disappointed 3000. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty good. Nice. Nicely done. I disagree, but nicely done. Uh, I guess I'll bring that up before. So that, that that's the end of uh, the, the news. There, I don't have much research on the rest of it, but just so you know, uh, the Boys, which is a show that I love. Are you guys fans of that show? Yeah, I, am. I haven't yeah. seen the second season yet, but That's I good. love Steven. it. Steven. No, I'm, I'm really upset about that The fuck do one. you do all day? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Boys season two is amazing. And one of the, I think the highest, most watched thing Amazon Studios has ever produced. I'm pretty sure. Rightfully so. It's a great um, show. But The Boys is getting a spinoff now because of its success. Um, and it's about, and I've read most of the comics, like the first four omnibuses, but... Um, I don't know how to pronounce the plural of omnibus. Is it omnibi or is it omnibuses? Uh, 
I don't know. Or is it like, or is it like deer where it's just omnibus? Well, I guess it's omnibuses because bus and buses. Sure. Anyway, I've read the first four omnibuses. (laughs) Uh, I don't know anything about this, but it's, it's about like a college, like some kind of international school for soups. So it's going to be younger superheroes. And that's what the whole, that's all I know about the show and the spinoff. Um, so it should be amazing. Also, I don't have any research at all about this. This should not even worth bringing up. I just thought it was interesting. There's a Powerpuff Girls live action remake oh, coming out soon. Okay. Were you like all fans movie? of the Powerpuff Girls? I think a show. I was. I, I actually was. A fan <laughs> yeah. <of that. laughs> so they're doing a live. I don't know how they would even do that. That's why I thought it was interesting. So anyway. Bubbles, Buttercup, or uh, the third one. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> not the third one. <laughs> um, what is the third one? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I can't remember. Sugar, spice, and everything, everything nice. Yeah. These three ingredients <laughs> To make the power buff girl. What was the redhead's name? Is it Blossom? Blossom. Blossom. Bubbles. Blossom and Buttercup. Yep. What was the green one? Which one was the green one? I Um, like the green one best. That is Bubbles is the blue one. That's yeah. That's Bubbles. Or (laughs) I think Buttercup is the green one. Welcome to Powerpuff Girls cast. Come on, that would be an amazing podcast. I don't know. I watched it in like fucking middle What's school. going on right now? Anyway, <laughs> they're making a Powerpuff Girls live action. Uh, so anyway. Is it going to um, be kids strange, or adults? Yeah, that's, that's kind of a strange thing. Before we go on to our main event, I want to talk a little bit about listener emails. Uh, please email us. We're really lonely. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. Uh, so... In future episodes, uh, we don't have an exact date, but we we got some plans to do mailbag episodes. So what we want to do, uh, email us your questions. So it'll, it'll be an entire episode. We'll do a little crossing streams, a little check the gate. And then the bulk of the episode will just be us responding to your emails uh, about this and about that. It can be you know, personal. Uh, we'll decide whether or not it's too personal, but I, I don't imagine what could be. I literally lay my whole. I'll get it out of the way right now, that. everyone. Six inches, but it's thick. All right. <laughs> He's talking about the cord to his microphone right Yeah, there. it's right there. I mean, I, I'm really close to the board. So. And what kind of coaxial do you prefer typically? And we'll get into that later. Yeah, well, I don't want to spoil too much. So, <laughs> right the, in. The mailbag episode. Some to the imagination. Email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's streamingthingspod at gmail.com. And uh, we'll compile all these emails, answer the questions, and use them in a future mailbag episode. We always love hearing from our listeners. Thank you so much to those that have written in. Andy, I think you got a little special something up your sleeve. I did. Yeah, we got a uh, email from a guy named Stephen B. Stephen, I'm sorry, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I lied. I'm going to try. Vuksevich, maybe? Maybe. I think that's a strong contender for correct. I I, um, I figured I'd give it a shot. But he hit us up and said, hey, uh, had something we wanted to send your way. Uh, Andy's a fan of uh, Moonrise Kingdom, right? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he said. He, wrote, for turtles, he replied to email. Now. Fuck yeah, I am. Fuck yeah, I am. But he sent me a little, uh, a little cooler. Uh, some, some. No, moon, that's moon downplaying rise, it. Some Moonrise Kingdom merch. It's badass. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like this line cooler, and it's like this, like olive green, like in kind of like the color palette of Moonrise Kingdom. It has Moonrise Kingdom on the front. It's got a little charcuterie board, a little knife. It came with a patch and a canteen. It is super cool. I'm totally gonna take it out on the kayak this summer. I'm excited. Thank you, Stephen. It's actually a Moonrise Kingdom kayak. So how weird that he knew you could use that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That was cool. That was yes. really cool. Uh, that shocked the shit out of me. Thank you so much that somebody would take the time to to ship that. I mean, his weight had to be expensive, you know, and it's it's a one-ish of a kind-ish item. I mean, that I would want to keep or it mine. And uh, in fact, I'm stealing it from Andy. So, huh. You can have the board. Thank you so much. That meant a lot to us. Yes. 
You Thank can't you. just give them the board because then the <laughs> knife is useless. Oh, you're right. You're right. Never mind. You can't have any of it. It's funny. I don't know how much we want to go into this. You can edit it out, but I, I think it's funny that so when uh, Steve emailed us and he's like, hey, do you guys have an address? Like, I'd like to send a gift. And so we all started talking in a group thread like, oh, that's so nice. That's amazing. Holy shit. And and I was kind of pissed. Like, it sounds like it's for Andy. Uh, but, but <laughs> so I was a little sad, but uh, I'm like, fuck Andy. I like stuff. But uh, then we started thinking. We don't have a P.O. box address. Like, how do people send us gifts? Like, this has never this had never occurred to us that people might want to send gifts. And now it's an issue. And we're like, should we get a P.O. box? And Andy's like, I don't know. It's this much a month. That seems like a lot for potentially only one gift ever. And, <laughs> and then we're like, should we just give him our address? You know, like we all have separate homes, but one of our addresses. And well, that's not safe. And then Andy's like, I mean, who the fuck are we? What are they going to do? I'm a huge streaming things fan. And I've come to smell your hair. Andy. You're like, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah, that was but, so funny because we were talking on the group group chat and I had to like bounce. So I wasn't like present for half the conversation. So I joined in right when Andy's like, hey, I already gave it to him. I gave him, <laughs> I gave him Steve's address. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. You'll see the dinosaur and they're definitely not going to go in. Who's going to challenge that guy? <laughs> no, no one. So, so that, thank you, man. That was great. Thank you yeah, for not murdering thanks. Andy and actually sending a gift. Uh, he's like, it's all listener, part of my if, plan. Listener, if you want Andy's address to send... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can send him anything you can send him a moonrise kingdom lunchbox smallpox whatever Anthrax, you want whatever yeah he'll get it <laughs> he'll get it <laughs> anyway so anyway that is all we have as far as business i believe um before we start the main event you can follow me on twitter at c michael writes uh, you can follow me at andy most days and i'm c may 13 do not under any circumstances Follows Steve May 12. <laughs> yeah, that dude's a monster. Fuck that guy. I always, I'm sorry, Steve May 12. I don't mean anything. I just it's think probably it's hilarious. like some like 13 year old boy that's just like. <laughs> now he's pissy. You have 13 because yeah. he's upgraded. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Now on to tonight's main event. We're going to talk about director's cuts. I'm, oh, guys, Steve May 12 has a turtle as his icon. Oh, he's probably he's a sweet guy. Cool, man. I you like looked turtles. him up on Twitter. It never occurred to me to do that. <laughs> Uh, What's he tweeting about? What's he tweeting about? He last tweeted nine years ago. He said, time to go kick some husk ass. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Fuck that guy. I I don't take any of it back. Uh, Steve, you take over because I am drastically ill-prepared. So funny story, Teve. Teve, I call him Teve now. He's a dirty Teve. Hello. (laughs) I'm a Teve. This fucking beauty. Um, this fucking beauty. <laughs> Steve Steve came up with tonight's topic because he's like, hey, we're going to be talking about predominantly the Snyder Cut the following week for good or ill. And uh, maybe we should do something director's cut themed in general. And uh, and I was like, yeah, great. We could just talk about our auteur theory. And he's like, no, no, let's just come up with some of our favorite director's cuts. And then we panicked. Uh, and <laughs> Andy and I both realized immediately we don't give a shit. Uh, there's only a couple I can even think of. And one in particular that is extremely important to me. And so I'm going to let Steve I take th- the reins. I think you, you all are like grossly misunderestimating how many director's cuts there are in the world. Okay. There's a ton, but it's almost like I never really noticed before. Like sometimes it's just a little bit of extra footage. Um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and spill the beans and and say my, you know, because we're we're already running long and stuff and we got some good stuff to talk about. But obviously uh, Blade Runner is going to be a huge part of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? That's the one I thought of immediately. 
Andy and I both immediately thought of, uh, we talked to one another about it, the extended cut of Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really count as a director's cut because Peter Jackson himself prefers the theatrical version. It's just meant as kind of a, hey, you love this. You want to be in this world as long as possible. Here's some extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the best part about the extended versions is the uh, 12 hours of behind the scenes footage uh, for me personally. So that doesn't really even count to me. And that's that's like 33% of the ones I thought of. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, the theatrical version of that movie is dog shit. And yeah. the director's cut is amazing. So that's like, oh my God, this is a vastly different movie. This is amazing. The rest of the director's cuts I can think of, other than I don't really have a dog in the fight of Superman 2. I haven't seen those movies since the I... The Donner cut? I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen the Reeves movies since I was a small child. So I don't know. I know it's one of the big ones, but I don't know how amazing it is. Everything else I can think of is just like a couple of extra scenes or... Uh, maybe the the nudity was too crazy or the violence was too crazy. And so this is the real intended version. We don't have to worry about the MPAA. For um, some reason, the first thing I thought of when we talked about director's cuts was, uh, well, aside from Lord of the Rings, was old school, unrated version. Yeah. That, that, like, that movie like kicked off what became an enormous fad in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Just putting so, unrated on putting a title. unrated on everything. Yeah, and yeah. it worked for me because I'm a little fucking perv. 100%. And I was like, definitely want that version. Gotta watch that when mom's not around. It was it was like a pandemic for, well, poor choice of words, but a pandemic yes, for a little very, while. Of not a good just everything was unrated cuts. And I that was 100% marketing. Does that way. count? Is that what we're talking about here? As an extended edition? I don't I know. I would accept No, I mean, does unrated count as a director's cut? Because that's... So I, I, I so so the reason why we're talking about this is because of the Snyder Cut coming out next week and it's appropriate to like... I, I was hoping we could talk about our favorites, but also we can get into more discussion. Like, what are your thoughts on director's cuts in general? Like, what is the what what role do they serve? in the zeitgeist and if there was a particular cut we wanted to like talk about we can get into that and how that changed the original version of it that we may have seen um but yeah i i, I mean i if you want to talk about an unrated cut then yeah i think that's fine i don't know if that technically I just that, counts that was as just a director's cut but, to. Uh, really the only like extent director's cuts i thought of uh and it's kind of an interesting situation is harry potter the extended editions um which uh, Chris Columbus uh, has said that he, while he did oversee the extended cuts, uh, he prefers the original cuts for one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what's weird is that there are extended cuts for all of the Harry Potter movies, but you can only buy the first two. The only way to ever watch the extended cuts for the others was for TV. And it was really and that was not overseen by Warner Brothers or had anything to do with the people that made Harry Potter. It was re-edited by ABC Family to include deleted scenes who when they had purchased the streaming rights, I guess, or broadcast rights for it. And so it's weird that they would have streaming rights and then they would have access to like rough footage that they can re-edit into. That's strange. Well, that or call it, you know, deleted scenes from the DVD. I don't know. But. In order, the the only time that you could ever watch them was, and I and I remember thinking that because periodically ABC Family uh, they, it has a different name now, but they would have Harry Potter marathons. And if I was scrolling through cable and I saw the Harry Potter marathon was happening, I would stop what I was doing and I'd watch it. And I, I I caught on eventually, like this is an extended version, and like I really wanted to buy it. And they started releasing like the ultimate editions of Harry Potter, and like everybody was super disappointed because when those came out, they didn't include the ex- extended versions. It was just a bigger box basically. Yeah. But 
I just thought that was a really unique situation where like, yes, there are extended editions that were overseen by the director who, even though he oversaw it, didn't particularly like it. It was kind of just like a sure. Yeah, I guess we'll do this. But then the fucking, the, the cable company decided they wanted to do their own. It's like, yeah. Did you now have you the seen broadcasters them? cut? Have you seen those versions? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, Which, they're the prefer? ones that they would always play. I I'm a huge fan, so I'm always going to watch the if I can the extended version. Like I don't remember last time I watched Lord of the Rings regular theatrical cut. Like I like the I, I like seeing as much of it as possible because I love this stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. Are there the, are there directors cuts where you didn't like the didn't like the edition? The, yeah, yeah. So uh, I we've talked about Watchmen before the Zack Snyder Watchmen. Um, there's a, there's three different cuts of his movie of Watchmen. There's the theatrical release, <clears throat> excuse me, the director's cut and the he's getting really chunked up talking about Watchmen. I just, I really love the comedian, the comedian. He's, he's my favorite rapist. No, um, it's <laughs> a terrible portrait of words. You ever say something and you're like, ah, I can't die. Come back words. Yeah. Shit. I love, uh, I hope you get much more famous and uh, this, have these sound bites, Steve. Oh, God, I look forward to You're going to be sitting in a room with Mel Gibson, just like, well. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Pound it out. Uh, no, uh, but the. I'm um, going to be dead. <laughs> just give my address out. <laughs> Steve's going to be in, canceled. The Of those three versions, the, the Watchmen theatrical director's cut and ultimate cut, um, the ultimate cut's the worst. Uh, because that adds all the deleted scenes and whatnot from the director's cut, but then also adds the like, I don't know, half hour of the animated Black Freighter. Because in the book, there's that kind of ongoing. Book, oh book, shit! Yeah, yeah the kid, the the boy in New York is reading the comic book Tales of the Black Freighter, and they animated that and they threw it in in the movie. So it, it but it feels shoehorned in. So that's worse. The director's cut, I feel, is also slightly worse because while they do add some. Arguably, arguably, it adds the greatest scene in the movie. I don't know why this scene's cut from the theatrical cut. It is the death of Hollis Mason, the original Night Owl. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys have seen that scene. So there's Night yeah. Owl played by Patrick um, Wilson. Wilson, and then there's the original Night Owl. Um, that character is is mistakenly mistaken as the current Night Owl. So a bunch of like crooks break into his house and kill him. And it's this beautiful scene where like as they're beating him up, every time they punch him. He has a flashback to like one of the villains that he was fighting in his day, and it like goes to this black and white, and he's like punching guys, and he thinks he's fighting his old foes, but really it's just like a bunch of like low level thugs, and he dies, and it's really really sad, and I think it's the best scene in Watchmen, wow. but it was cut from the theatrical cut, and I don't know why, but it's in the director's cut, but everything else that they add is like too much. Uh, Zack Snyder, for whatever reason, made Watchmen a more gory film, and that's even more so in the director's cut. There's like people's fingers getting blown off and like arms getting sawed off. And it's like, that didn't happen. And for a movie that's so faithful to like every panel of the original source material, they like went out of their way to make things far more gory Mm. that I think is like, doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. But that's why I I prefer that theatrical edition over the director's cut overall. Interesting. Um, If you somehow were able to pluck that Hollis Mason scene from the director's cut and throw it into the theatrical version, it would be ideal. Just make the 13 cut, bro. I guess Steve made 13 cut. I guess we should have probably mentioned at the top of this segment, anyone who loves film and TV enough to to listen to our jackasses talk about anything already knows all this stuff. But just in the interest of professionalism, we should perhaps define a director's cut. Um, And I'm going to do a very poor job of it. But essentially, 
Um, it's a, a special edit of any kind of property, usually a film, but it could even be a music video or a TV show or whatever, um, designed or supposedly more closely adhering to the director's original vision. Um, so, you know, when a, when a film is, is done, uh, being edited, the, the director doesn't have what's called final cut privileges. You know, there's a lot of people's money on the line, a lot of investors, and they might demand that something be cut to get a different, you know, MPAA rating. So it'd be shown to a wider audience or, or tested poorly. Well, yeah, this tested poorly with this audience. You got to change the ending or everybody's pissed or whatever, right? We don't think we're going to make our money back with this ending. And so if it does, if it does well, the director will release a director's cut later. Like this is what I really meant, you know, and there's certain directors that do it a lot. Like James Cameron, um, really Scott, um, a fame, uh, close encounters, of the third kind had a big director's cut release. Um, so anyway, but it's interesting you say that when you talk about how a director doesn't have final approval for the theatrical cut. And I think we mentioned Blade Runner earlier, and that's a perfect example because when you think of a director's cut, Blade Runner is probably the most famous example. I would argue of like when people think of director's cuts, people Not typically sure. go straight to Blade Runner. I think um, I've only ever seen the director's cut, so I don't know what the difference is. So there are actually seven-ish, I think. There are, is there, there that many? There's a ton of cuts of Blade Runner. I know there's the the original, the theatrical, the director's cut, and the final cut, and the director's cut is the far superior. Well, some of these, I don't know if you would consider them cuts, but they're listed out. So I, I kind of did a deep dive on this. Um, so there's the, the 1982 work print, which was you know, obviously this is their cut of the movie, and they showed that to test audiences. Mm-hmm. And due to the reception of the test audiences, it made them completely like revamp it to what it was the original theatrical cut. In between those two, there was the San Diego sneak peek cut, which I guess they showed it to a small group of people in San Diego, but it had scenes in it that are only in that cut. Interesting. Strangely. Um, There's the U.S. theatrical uh, release in 82. There's the international release in 82 called the Criterion Edition, which is more violent than the U.S. cut. Uh, then there is That's the, surprising. There's the, there's the 1986 U.S. broadcast version, which is even less violence than the U.S. version. And then, because you know, obviously they made so many changes to the original theatrical cut based off that 82 work print. You know, they took out a lot of the sexuality, they took out a lot of the violence. Um, they made the happy ending. They added the voiceovers. A lot of the stuff that people complain about the original cut was because of the test audiences from the 82 work print. And it's funny that like in the nineties, I guess they made a 1990 work print that they showed people and people complained about those aspects. And because of they, because of this weird screening they gave to people in the nineties, they're like, well, maybe we should let Ridley Scott make his own director's edition. And it was all because of test audiences having a change of heart over the course of almost 10 years. You so know? it's like came full circle. Why yeah. are they still testing it 10 years later? Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not IP, sure. I, I think because of it was being it originally broadcast. Flopped. Did it not flop? Yeah, it flopped pretty bad. But it, but it started getting this cult <laughs> following even back then, and it started showing on broadcast TV in '86, and it got even more of a cult following. But people were kind of complaining, like, "Oh man, I don't really like this, this, this." The studio knew, well, like, "Oh, those things they didn't like, we threw in there mm-hmm. last minute," and so that gave them the idea to give. Really, Scott to make a 1992 director's cut, which uh, removes the VO. It added all the scenes with the unicorn. Okay. That uh, the the visions that Deckard's having of this unicorn running, and they remove the happy ending. And then there's the final 2007 final cut, 
which includes all of the unicorn stuff they ever shot. So I guess not all the unicorn stuff made it. More so. unicorn. More unicorn. That's what that people want. It also, <laughs> and then it also adds in the violence that was only in the uh, European or the international cut. So that's the difference between the 2007 director's edition or director's cut and the 1992 one. The final cut versus the director's cut. Right. Yeah. I, I, for me personally, I think the final cut has too much unicorn. <laughs> that's a bit that's a big statement you know what they should probably unicorn. test it again yeah I mean, people are gonna feel I, differently about unicorn scale of one to ten how y'all feeling about the unicorn amount yeah i personally think we need to make the unicorn cut <laughs> <laughs> all unicorn no harrison ford <laughs> <laughs> you thought about ford. having the unicorn narrate this film it's just, it's just like deckard like walking through <laughs> <laughs> you know you say that but it would probably be a better voiceover than harrison ford's voiceover true. which i have a sample of <laughs> so if you go if you don't know blade runner is a nor sci-fi so like he's a detective trying to figure out who were robots basically i mean that's a very distilled version of the plot of blade runner but uh the the original version featured Harrison Ford just half-assing a voiceover the whole time. And, I mean, he, Harrison Ford has come out and said, like, yeah, I didn't give a shit, so I just kind of half-assed it. And so I have a clip of uh, his his line during the titular scene at the end with Roy Batty. And uh, just just give it a listen. It's It's great. You can hear the emotion in Harrison's voice. I don't know why he saved my life. Maybe in those last moments, he loved life more than he ever had before. Not just his life, anybody's life, my life. All he'd wanted were the same answers the rest of us want. Where do I come from? Where am I going? How long have I got? All I could do was sit there and watch him die. So pretty bad, right? <laughs> what, that made it in? Yeah. Wow. That's the original version that everyone saw. There's also, oh, no. I didn't include this clip, but the, there's a hard R inward in the VO of the original cut. Oh, no. Uh, when his uh, his boss, I forget the boss's name, but the guy who's like, I need you to find the Blade Runner for me, Deckard. Uh, he, <laughs> he's like, this is Jack. He's one of those detectives that if he existed in the 30s, he'd be a cop that calls a black guy inward. <laughs> like hard R. Wow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's really rough. And, and that that kind of performance is littered throughout the entire film. And it's just, mm. it's rough. And then, yeah, the whole, not only that, I mean, that's, that's a grievous enough offense, but the entire mystique of the film is edited out, mm. whether or not, the whole mystery of whether or not Deckard might himself be a replicant. I mean, that's it's not in there. The at entire all. philosophical quandary the that, that makes it interesting is removed. And so and then the, the quote unquote happy ending that's in the original is just it just it makes no sense in the context of the film. So, like, I don't know. You haven't seen the theatrical, right? Andy? No, no, I've not. So th- he he leaves with. Um, oh, what's an, I'm blanking her name? The the lady robot. I don't recall either. Um, I don't they, well, they leave together. And they're in a car. Daryl Hannah, right? No. No, no, Daryl Hannah. She's in that movie, but she dies earlier. Oh. Um, the, uh, they leave together, and they leave, you know, dark, gritty, fire everywhere, neon everywhere, L.A., 
and they drive off Rachel. into Rachel. That's her name. Thank you. They drive off into a sunny forest where there's sun and all the trees <laughs> are healthy. So bizarre. Even though a big part of that movie is like there are no wildlife left. That's why our owls and everything are robots, and they make a point of like, wow, that's a really well made snake. Yeah. And it's like, how are there trees? All in of nature? a sudden, it's 1980s California. And then, <laughs> like, and then what? you, and then you pair that with. We did it. We made it out of there alive. <laughs> I loved her and she loved me. And I am not a replicant. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Blade Runner is definitely an example of a director's cut that makes the film a Saved lot Saved from the clutches Saved of it. a studio. Correct. Because yeah. it, it, like every, every studio decision seemed to hinder that film. And then when, when really Scott was able to make it what he wanted to make it, or at least closer to what he wanted to make it, it's a far better film overall. And the final cut of Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time. So in the context of why we're talking about this, there is the faint, the possibility, however faint or far-fetched, that the Snyder cut will be as much improved to Justice League as the director's cut of Blade Runner was to the theatrical release. In fact, that is what, you know, its fans claim. The only It's just a complicated thing because this is a precedent in the movie industry and, in, you know, social media being set that enough people can make enough noise uh, noise sorry and harass enough and noise as well some noise. <laughs> make some noise for your boys <laughs> <laughs> they can make enough noise and, and harass enough people to get you know to move mountains and get a, a it's a bad idea Makes to think mass spec three exact but, same thing people were unhappy with the ending and they bitched about it enough online and they remade it and, and is that a good thing because on no. the one hand if it was terrible that's you know, oh it's great the fans deserve this and that but also it's like no like <laughs> you can't just be unhappy with something and force somebody to change it if it was in fact their vision now in this instance you know for those who don't know Zack Snyder's um, daughter committed suicide uh, during the making of Justice League. And so he decided for about a month or so to continue working on the film to maybe take his mind off things and then decided he would, he needed to be home to grieve and be with his family because he's got three other daughters, I think. Um, and so they brought Joss Whedon on, who had directed the, the first Avengers, had done a very good job with superhero ensemble films and seemed like the perfect idea. And at the time, as somebody who liked Man of Steel, uh, but hated everything else. I thought maybe it was uh, just unbelievably disappointed by Batman v Superman. I thought it might be a good idea. And then I hated whatever the thing was, whoever's fault it was. And then this giant online battle ensued of like, Joss Whedon fucked up our, our masterpiece. And then everybody like, <laughs> Zack Snyder fucked it up. We tried to fix it. And I don't know why there's, I like MCU and DC and I just want everyone to have good movie and I want all of them to be good because I like being entertained but whatever mm -hmm. so this giant thing started and then this absurd hashtag was born release the Snyder cut I don't know at what point it came but if people convinced that Snyder left to his own devices would have made uh, this wonderful brilliant movie even though recently no evidence to support that in my opinion you know what I mean uh, I like Zack Snyder's work as a whole uh, Sucker Punch is dope Big fan of 300. You know, I like the guy. I like his visceral mm -hmm. style. He's over stylized, but I enjoy that often. I've um, often said that if Zack Snyder had a better screenwriter, he would make really good movies. You didn't like the Martha line? <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you talk about Batman vs. Superman because that has a director's cut. And the director's True. cut for Batman vs. Superman, from what I understand, so, you know, full caveat, I never saw the theatrical release of Batman vs. Superman. I've only seen the director's cut. And I remember people were like, that movie's dog is that, shit. Is that the ultimate edition? 
I, yeah, I, think I so. don't know for sure. It's like different color art, I think, like red. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Nailed it. it. Like the ultimate edition is really big across the 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 cover art of it. For some reason, when you said ultimate edition, I was like red. <laughs> nice. well, well, like the, I never, so I never seen the theatrical version of Batman vs Superman. Saw the director's cut, and I remember like, oh, people say this is terrible. This is probably going to be awful. And like, I watched it. I don't really, you know, I don't love that movie, but I honestly was like, I, I don't think it's that terrible. There are definitely terrible things about it the 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 the, the, the ending of it the last like 40 minutes of it kind of falls apart but leading up to it i was kind of like this is kind of well shot well made movie i'm kind of into it uh the martha thing's kind of dumb and the big gray men that all dc movies seem to have are dumb but yeah big gray men i mean i i love dc characters so much that like for instance suicide squad it's a fucking it's a dog shit movie Mm -hmm. right and now they're saying this is where this started this precedent there's this like release the air cut you know because david Ayer is like yeah they did that and they probably did a studio probably did cut that movie to shit and ruin because david Ayer is a good director i like a lot of his stuff Mm -hmm. um let's not talk about bright um (laughs) but i i will watch suicide i have watched it more than once because i love those characters so much and i just treat it as like an hour and 45 minute music video of uh my you know some of my favorite characters that's how i treat it so watching it that way i'm like yeah cool uh imagine dragons well uh <laughs> i know that song and eminem weirdly edited out part yeah, way through the verse yeah. but so there is a universe in which Zack snyder's and the snyder cut of justice league is amazing and they were right and i don't think it counts that this is a director's cut anymore in the sense that I mean, he literally, they spent what, 70 billion, 70 million dollars, uh, 70 billion dollars, yeah. <laughs> $70 million to reshoot this film. This is a remake. Did, didn't they it's, only, so it, it's just they proof that the cider scene though, right? I don't, it's know. literally just the scene with the jokers. They only added cause he had, what he had all shot, of dark side, he had shot 70% of the movie. I think they had to finish a lot of like VFX for dark side and, uh, yeah do a lot of like oh, I'm sure visual that's effects stuff. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying that like apparently there's Zach's, literally only one more scene then why the fuck is this coming out? Well, like, no, apparently Joss Whedon reshot 70% of the film. Uh-huh. So like what Joss Whedon made is vastly different than what, I mean, the, from my understanding is Zach had a completely, and you know, he had an idea. He was most of the way done with it. And then Joss Whedon came and almost redid a large chunk of it and changed a lot of it. Like That's the theory, but I, so I went back and that might be true. I went back, did a little research I was going to use for next, next week's episode. Um, so I would have been a lot more prepared, but essentially to paraphrase, I read one of the original articles for the time period in which Zack Snyder left. Like, oh, Zack, Zack Snyder's leaving and Joss Whedon is going to replace him. I read that article from years ago and the claim from Warner Brothers at the time was that Joss Whedon is under contract to change nothing significant alter Zach's vision in any way uh, or add any characters or remove any characters whatsoever. He's merely there to oversee the finishing of the project. Um, And so, I mean, that was the official, you know, suit statement of the time. Um, And I don't ever recall or know for sure if Zack Snyder spoke on the movie's quality or said, Hey, that really wasn't what I wanted to do. He's never seen it. Uh, he says he's never watched I don't it. Think, I, I, I don't think he's ever seen it or he tried to watch it. What if he did and he was like, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I was going to do something stupid with a the flash. They, they crushed it. <laughs> You're right. So I was going to have everybody wear mustaches. I hope it's cool. I like that. It's, <laughs> I like that. It's an event that we all get to you know, either hate watch or love or whatever. Um, 
I just, I'm a little worried. And like you said, the internet itself is rife with, with bullshit, but it's just nobody that has released the Snyder cut hashtag in their Twitter name has revealed themselves to me from what I've seen to be like somebody you'd want to beer with or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I think that's fair. Like for instance, when it leaked on um, HBO max for accidentally under the guise of Tom and Jerry, there was a whole movement. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> there was a whole movement of people. Like I saw these tweets like this. See what I'm trying. See what I'm saying. They're trying to ruin us. Like Who's Illuminati us? level, like conspiracy theories that they purposefully were leaking the Snyder cut to somehow ruin the thing they've all been working toward Who for years. Us? Right. Like the people wouldn't want the studio wouldn't want it to be amazing to make millions of dollars. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, HBO. People have taken this way so too far. So much money to like acquire the rights to, <laughs> and they invested in him to ruin DC. It. Oh my god, people are so stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right because I think all three of us in this room are very, very think it's very cool that Zach is able to come back. You know, Zach, my buddy. Yeah, we hang out. Z man, good first, to see you again. First name basis with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're all happy that Zack Snyder is able to come back, finish a movie that he started making. He's able to make it the way he wanted it to make. Like as fellow creators, like I think that's cool. I think that's great for him. That being said, I don't think any of us in this room are also care enough about it to be like release the Snyder cut on Not Twitter. Yet. I've never tweeted that at like No, seriously. I retweeted something about the Snyder cut and it was something to the effect of my quote tweet was like I'm actually excited to watch this, not going to lie. Or something like that. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Um sure. anyway, I think it's neat, but I also, yeah, we've kind of beat that into the ground. But if somebody like I have no desire to campaign to reshoot the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm going to move on. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's so many good things out there to watch and read. It is what it is. And so it would have never occurred to me. I don't think it's a positive thing, but I will watch it. And I will also record a two hour podcast about it. And I hope yeah. you listen to it. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, just going back to director's cuts that aren't Zack Snyder cut. I, there's one I really want to bring up. Uh, and I'll, it, it's a, it's a, it is a director's cut. Cause the director was like, this is how I want you to view my movie. He literally changes nothing about the movie. It's exactly the same as the theatrical cut, theatrical cut, except it's in black and white. Oh, the Chrome edition of Fury Road? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. The Mist. Frank Darabont's The Mist. Really? Yes. Um, the it, That movie being in black and white makes it 10 times better. So, wow. Uh, because it, it, it hides, uh, it being in black and white, not only does it hide some of the questionable cgi that's you know very bad in color but in black and white it looks it looks great it also brings a mood and a horror to the to the movie that is that isn't the horror <laughs> you're so bad at, that's so funny it's funnier the way you say it, <laughs> it brings a horror to the movie which i don't know how much that cost but i just wanted to throw that out because it's one of my favorite quote-unquote director's cuts and it literally does nothing but change the color palette I thought for sure you were talking about Mad Max. No, I actually think the the Chrome Edition is worse than the original, just because so much of that movie is, is bright and the beautiful. Color. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that the Chrome Edition isn't cool. Like, it definitely looks really cool, and I'm glad it exists because it's kind of a different way to look at something. But I think the colors in the Mad Max film are so important. Yeah, but yeah. it's so shiny and Chrome. <laughs> Witness me. Witness me. Um, I'm really surprised that I, I think we're probably about out of time. Um, but I'm really surprised you didn't bring up 
Star Wars, Steve, being such a Star Wars fan. Would well, you not I, consider Lucas's depraved no, reiterations I mean, it, to be? It's on my, <laughs> it's on my list. We, I just have, I have a ton of, I have a ton of shit on my list. We just didn't get to it. Um, but no, the special editions I, is what you're referring to. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, well, I guess there's multiple iterations. You would know much more about it than I, but yeah. he, what, re-released uh, with the, so, the yeah. visual effects redone, which everybody considers to be the worst versions. Is that correct? Yeah. The 1997 special editions yeah. are pretty bad. And um, you can no longer really find the originals to, to stream or yeah, to purchase, they're right? they're hard to find. Uh, you have to really go out of your way. And I don't think Disney sells them anymore. What's the most right. offensive part of the re-release to you? Is it the the, the, the bar musical? singer? Yeah, it's, at the beginning of uh, Return oh, of the Jedi. Oh, that is really, really bad. <laughs> Slice, slice noodles. Yeah, that's a What about the, like, the seventh iteration he did recently when Disney Plus was first released? And it's... Um, McClunky? McClunky. Yeah. <laughs> what is with that? I don't know. Dude, he's edited that Han Solo Greedo scene so much. It's like, what? get, get off of it, man. Like, so, come on. Forgive me for surrendering my nerd card briefly but in the original version greedo did shoot f- no, no han, han shot first han right han like verifiably first. right yeah because yeah. it's because it's supposed to be character progression han's not a cool he's not a it's great such a, good guy it's a much better idea he's right a shoot first ask questions later type of guy and then over the course of three films he becomes a hero right whereas they edited that in the special editions where greedo I guess is either a really poor shot and can't shoot Han Solo who's two feet in front of him or he's given him a warning shot and that's all it takes for Han to shoot Greedo after the warning shot. So this is, it's a really bad like CGI like pew, like laser bolt into the back of the wall and they add like a fake wall blast behind him. Han's, <laughs> Han's head is like digitally altered. Yeah, that's right. Side. It's, it looks like he almost snaps his neck Jean-Claude Van Damme style like, and he dodges the bolt. It's really weird. Like, I don't know why they did that. So what is what would you call mix McClunky McClunky? So during that it's that scene, right? Yeah, it's that same scene. So d- when he fires for some reason, no, with no fanfare, people just rewatching the original trilogy found this w- w- without telling anybody. Lucas added uh, a voice line from from Greedo. He just McClunky during the firing of his shot that says McClunky. And <laughs> I, I guess what? it's supposed to be his home language or. I don't know. There's no discernible yeah. reason for it. So it was hashtag McClunky was yeah. rage on Twitter and for a week. And they threw that in as an Easter egg in the last season of um, uh, Mandalorian, the Bib Fortuna scene. He says McClunky at one point. Really? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I think the, for me, I think this is a, so they did the special editions, but then they also did changes like slight changes when the, they came out on DVD and then they did even more changes when they came out on Blu-ray. Um, I think this is a Blu-ray or it's a Blu-ray or DVD edit. It wasn't a 97 edit. Um, they took out um, at the very end of Return of the Jedi. They take out the original actor who played Darth Vader out of the suit and they put in Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost. So it's Force Ghost of, yeah. of Obi-Wan, Force Ghost of Yoda and Force Ghost of Hayden Christensen. And I hate that so much. It's such a small thing. Like I, a lot, a lot of people have argued with me like, oh, well, it, that that's the Anakin Skywalker that exists. I'm like, yeah, but he's fucking old now. Right. Like Obi-Wan's not showing up as Ewan McGregor. That would be yeah. really weird. And stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Alec Guinness is going to show up because that makes sense. And, 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 and I, whatever shot they use of Hayden Christensen is creepy. He's sitting there like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like got his head down. He's doing this weird, goofy looking smile. He looks like a creep. He looks like he's like, mm, Princess Leia with my daughter. Ooh, I've got a weird boner. <laughs> and it's just like, oh. I killed the younglings. Mm, I did. <laughs> All these Ewoks remind me of them. <laughs> 
that's that's probably the most egregious addition to me. But you're right. That size noodles thing is really bad. It's so bad. CGI is terrible on that. Oh, like when they're in. When, I'm sorry, you're you're opening up a can of worms, man. Like when they were sitting in the editing bay, like, all right, guys, we're gonna make a. All right, George, we're making, we're we're adding stuff from the vault. Like we're we're making Star Wars your vision even more than it was. What should we add to Jabba's palace? Is there a deleted scene? Is there something you you wrote that we should throw in? He's like, I kind of want the, the I want a CGI man to sing. <laughs> Uh, is it a person? No, it's like a fuzzy monkey, and then he's got a weird yellow girl that also has like a big lips. <laughs> we got the so, technology now. We can do this the way I saw it in my head. I, I saw Jurassic Park. We can do this now. <laughs> I called up Steve. He said, thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well. Do you have any other? I mean, you got a whole giant list there. I mean, I mean I think something we've, I just think we've burning kind of, on your chest. Like I think a hot we've gone pile. through. Yeah, I mean... The I Am Legend director's cut it has a better ending. It does. You've seen that, uh, but that's basically the novella is wonderful. Do yes. they, do they adhere to the novella ending much more? Yeah, where he he realizes that the vampire people are just trying to save the one that he's taken hostage, and he realizes, oh, I'm the I am the legend, I am the monster, I'm the bad guy, and he gives them to the the vampire people, and then he and the woman and child that are with him, they all three leave and go to the compound because he's like he kind of gives up. He understands, like, this is a different world. I am the outsider in this new world. I need to go with my people type gotcha. thing. Um, it's much better than him like, you run, I'll blow myself up right. <laughs> for no reason. This but. is what we do in Will Smith movies. <laughs> um, okay. I hope you all got something out of that. I know it was a little uh, amorphous and uh, tough for us, but we, you know, we do enjoy this sort of thing. That's the, our little quick director's cut discussion. Uh, we're very much looking forward to next week's release the falcon okay. the winter soldier and the snyder cut can't wait to see you next week don't forget to email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com i love you all very much my name is chris i'm Andy, and i'm steve and that's steve and penny was here too thank you guys